0: Is your home an enjoyable place? Is there affection between parents and children, or do the sparks fly when you are together? Join us today on Happy the Home number three as we discuss the effects of affection.
1: Welcome to Happy The Home. We're glad you're with us for another step in our series. You know, the last program we were talking about what in their world is going on, and we gave you a specific challenge at the end of that to investigate your children's world, to become more observant. I hope you did that. I hope also that you didn't dive in with two feet, dive in with two feet, dive in, Head first in trying to fix any problems that you came across. And I hope you're still praying for that determination and commitment that we spoke about in Program 1. You know, if you've missed those first two programs, I need to explain that we are going step by step through a series of family and parenting programs here. And one program is building on the next. So if you miss those last two, I'd encourage you to maybe call into the call center, get the DVDs, um, so that you can keep up to speed with where we are heading. Now, today's program is the effects of affection. And I want to introduce to you again my family. We've got uh, Carolyn, my dear wife, Hannah. How old are you, Hannah? I'm 14. 14, and we've got Caleb, who is 12. We're just about to go into a family worship Um, session here, just a a, a short time of devotion together before the children go to bed. Um, We want you to to join us. Thank you for inviting us into your home. Now, children, I want us to, in our minds, okay, I want us to think in our minds, go back to the creation of the world. And God had made the animals, he made the sea, and everything was beautiful. Everything was perfect. And then he made Adam and Eve, and how do you suppose God was feeling at this point? Do you think God has feelings, Hannah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what, sure. How do you suppose God was feeling at this point? I'm sure he was excited about what was ahead and knowing the risk that was involved in it. What, what, you're talking about risk, that's good. What, what risks, do you fo- suppose, were involved in God creating mankind? Well, they could have a choice to choose to do things that they knew were not what he would have them do. Of course, because the devil up in heaven there, there'd already been war and Satan had been thrown out and he was now going up and down on the earth. So there was a possibility that Adam and Eve could choose to be disloyal to their maker and be loyal to the enemy. So, but I think God was excited at the possibilities. But what happened, Caleb? What happened? Did Adam and Eve stay loyal and true to God? No. They chose to disobey in just a small thing, but do you think, Carolyn, that Adam and Eve realized the seriousness of the, the sin that they just committed? All they did was kind of took that fruit off the serpent and ate a bit. I mean, did they realize the seriousness of it?
0: Not, not in the
1: least. What, what couldn't they see?
0: They couldn't see the big picture of where this was
1: going to take the world that they'd just been created in. I mean, all they had, I guess, was a perfect world. They'd never seen anything. They
0: Well, they didn't know what death was, and it wasn't until the first leaves fell, it wasn't until they were given clothing out of sheepskin right. that they began to understand what death was about. They
1: certainly didn't see Vietnam. They certainly didn't see people dying in the trenches in World War One and World War Two. and airplanes screaming bombs down on people. They didn't see any of that. But did God see that, Caleb? Do you think God saw the future? Can God see the future?
0: As easy as the past.
1: <laughs> as easy as the past. So, so we know, we're told in Genesis, uh, in fact, I'll read it here. Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 And nine, it says, and they heard. Now, this is after they'd sinned, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And then, oftentimes, people think, yeah, that's like the evening time, like like this time of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Caleb, why do you suppose Adam and Eve were hiding? I didn't want to see God and no Why didn't kid. they want to see God? God was their friend. They had said they were naked. All right. So they... Do you ever feel like hiding when you're doing things wrong? Sometimes. <laughs> I think <laughs> we all do. I mean, if we, if we parents, if we know that we're doing something wrong, it's kind of... <laughs> we want to make sure that nobody's watching. And that was where Adam and Eve were. But here's God walking into this situation... Does God know that Adam and Eve have sinned? He does. He knows that. And he, he sees World War One. he sees World War II, he sees Vietnam, he sees airplanes screaming, dropping bombs. And now he's going to walk up to Adam and Eve, the people who he has blessed with all the blessings, and he is going to talk to them. <laughs> now, parents, <laughs> I am going to role model to you what God did not do but what so often we do. And I don't want you to think that God would ever do this, but I just want to make it practical and real. So God is walking up to Adam and Eve, and they're hiding, and they've caused, they've started sin on planet Earth. So this is what could have happened. It's not what happened. I'll tell you what happened in a minute. This is what could have happened. You guys, you better come out of those bushes right now. Because by the time I count to three, if you are not by my side, you're going to get a whooping you'll never forget. God didn't do that. I'm glad God didn't do that. You know, or God could have said, you've blown it this time. You have no idea what is going to happen because of your thoughtlessness. Get out here. Now, parents, I'm pretty good at that. (laughs) I'm probably you're pretty good at that as well, because that is how we tend to handle situations when our children have done something that they know they shouldn't have done. But let's go back to the scriptures. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9 and see what God did. I mean, walking into probably one of the worst situations there was. It says, then the Lord God called to Adam and said unto him, where are you? Where are you? Do you hear God's tenderness in that? Do you hear the affection? Do you hear the call to repentance? Mm -hmm. It was a pretty kind approach, considering the situation, don't you think? Well, that's all I wanted to share with us, and Mommy and Daddy are going to talk about this a little bit after you've gone to bed. Caleb, would you lead us in a, a short prayer now? And then you guys can head off to bed. Father, thank you for the worship that we had, and please help us to have a good night's rest now, and for the parents to have a good discussion, and for us to get up and refresh in the morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Okay, well, sleep good. Love you, buddy. Love you, sweetie pie. Don't miss my hug. (laughs) Sleep good now.
1: Hugs are important, don't you think? <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, let me guess something. That, what you were sharing there really reminds me of something that I read in my quiet time just recently. It's right here in Child Guidance. It says, be not hasty and agitated, and approach your children with censure. Such a course would only cause rebellion in them. That's quite a thought, isn't it? I what? mean, we've been there and done that, haven't we?
1: too many times. And I suppose that's when we wonder, you know, where does, the, where does that kind of behaviour come from in our children? It's because of our lack of self-control. I mean, in that situation in worship, God had self-control. He had tenderness. But so often we just, you and I I'm talking about, we just blunder in with two feet and try and fix it. But that's even, not...
0: Even when we know we shouldn't, somehow or another in the moment, it seems like it just comes out, doesn't yeah. it? And then you backtrack and think, I didn't want to say that, and i said it again.
1: You know, one of the later programs, I know we're going to be talking about um, me, myself, and I. That, that's much <laughs> later on in the step-by-step process. I wish we could have it here, because it would really <laughs> help. But, you know, it reminds me, what you were reading there, and what we were reading in worship, reminds me of Ephesians 4.32. It says, and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. And you know, Carolyn and I, as we've been raising our two little rascals there, we we've realised for for many years, when they were younger, I remember you and I talking, what is it that we are missing in the raising of these children? I mean, we, we tell them all the things to do, and you know, if they do wrong, we take care of that, and we, we try to give some encouragement where we can. And we realized, after what seemed like years of asking that same question, we were missing, you remember what it was? Sunshine at home. And that's what we call um, the atmosphere that we can set at home. And we realized as we started looking at this, there are different atmospheres. The first atmosphere we can have at home is a cloudy home. And cloudy homes are very common. Your home, our home is cloudy more often than we realize. You know, give us an example, Carolyn, of a cloudy home.
0: Well one one cloudy illustration we could give you many of just that you know we want to think about the weather here we didn't really necessarily say that but as it is outside is how it can be in the atmosphere inside and you know an example would be several years ago the children were quite a bit smaller they were maybe I don't know, six and eight, maybe even a bit younger. But they were really interested in the kitchen. They love your children that way, especially your young ones. They want to be involved Well boys.
1: Boys especially. Well no, interested. no
0: girls too. But they want to be involved in the kitchen, the things going on in the kitchen. And is that what you want, mums? <laughs> It takes more than twice as long to get anything done when your little children are trying to help you in the kitchen. But I knew that I needed to have them in there, but so often I would get in there at the last minute, have to get a meal done really fast for whatever reason, and find that they were now really getting in my way. And so it caused contention in the family. I knew they should be there, so I was trying to have them be there, but I couldn't handle them being there. And it really caused clouds in the home, made it a miserable time. So a,
1: a cloudy home isn't necessarily where there's a bunch of shouting no, and stuff, it's just, it's just an, irritation An
0: undercurrent of just frustration and irritation, negative words being spoken. And you know the solution was quite simple. Take the time to go in the kitchen earlier give enough time for the children to be involved if we involve our children at a young age in the kitchen and they see this as a positive and encouraging experience as they get older they're going to want to be there and we're going to share later on how that really helped me actually from in later years from encouraging my children from a young age but i had to work with this kind of old self in here about just the frustration so give more time, often more time given for something tends to cut out 50% of the agitation right there.
1: What happens after a cloudy, in, a, in the weather, after we've had clouds, it's probably because there's a storm coming. Right,
0: and the, the clouds out there start to get black and they thicken and, you know, we all know what's coming, don't we? When there's black clouds outside, before long there's gonna be a storm and in a storm thunder bangs and lightning flashes. You know, is it like that in your home? The storms brew and the attitudes and the atmosphere kind of gets inclement and you know something's going to happen and then people start using loud words and clashing with each other. It's kind of very similar, isn't it?
1: You know, as we travel and we speak to lots of families, oftentimes we get families who almost feel like they need to confess to us. They don't, of course, but they need to confess to us their their mishaps in parenting and oftentimes they say that you know they've yelled at the children and they feel terrible you know viewers i want to um I want to encourage you, every parent has yelled at their children. I know you have, I know we have, and everybody has, and I'm not saying it's okay, but just, it's okay that you know that everybody does that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I've yelled at my children, and it's out of irritation, and they're just not doing what they should be doing. And I remember one time, I, I, I lost my cool uh, verbally with Hannah, and she started crying. And I thought, it it really woke me up. I thought, oh man, I'm supposed to be raising these children for God. And now I'm shouting at her, and now she's crying. Um, That's (laughs) That's kind of like the rain.
0: That's like the rainy home. So we've
1: had the cloudy home, we've had the stormy home, we've had a rainy home. But we want to talk about some sunshine.
0: I want to just add one more thing to the rainy home. And that is that we've seen our children cry. You know, children cry for all kinds of reasons. And often it can just be pure selfishness. I didn't get my own way, so I'm going to throw a fit, and I have tears and all the rest of it. But... When those are tears of wounded hearts, often there are tears on the inside of a parent's heart in that situation, and it's not just the external tears. Often we parents don't show those, but I know from my own experience that we're crying on the inside because we know it shouldn't be like this.
1: And we've got all the guilt to deal with and all of that, but um, you know, um, let's go to a sunny home. Mm -hmm. I'd much rather talk about a sunny home. and the once we figured out that it's the atmosphere in the home that's all important you know if you if you grow uh, a crop a greenhouse you've got to have the atmosphere in the greenhouse it's got to be warm and it's got to be this and it's got to be that and then the plants grow it's the same in a home it's got to be the right atmosphere at home for the kids to grow spiritually and, and- so
0: we've got to have positive interactions
1: and encouragement and affection and And, and
0: common courtesy you know oftentimes and we laugh about this in the family we're just being real with you you know oftentimes when maybe maybe i'll say to paul oh i made you some cookies your favorite ones and he'll say oh good yeah, it's good, but is that <laughs> is that really the expression of appreciation that we need? Thank you is a nicer thing to say than good. But you know, those common courtesies and I'm not picking on you. We right. <laughs> do that. Those common courtesies can so easily be missed, but they're just a little thing.
1: And and sympathies for the children. I mean, it's it's hard, I think. And I, I, you and I have talked about this. It's hard for children this day and age. We need to be sympathetic to their little trials. I mean, I remember when uh, it wasn't so long ago, we were um, over in the Hawaiian Islands giving some meetings and Hannah had just, um, it's a long story, I won't go into it, but we, she had just got herself an iPod, an iPod touch. And she was trying to be careful with it because we told her it cost a lot of money. But it she, uh, she was on her lap, and she stood up quickly to go and do something, and it slid off her lap onto the floor, and when she picked it up, I caught her eye. Her and I got eye contact, and the, qu- the question in her eyes was, oh no, it fell face down onto the concrete floor. Those things are so fragile, and she picked it up and it was just a white screen. They call that the white screen of death.
0: And we saw her. (laughs) We saw the expression on her face. It
1: it just changed, and she was fighting back the the tears, and she was doing a good job, and I thought instantly, this is a big thing for her. It's like when I turn my laptop on, and it just dies. I mean, that's a big thing. So I went over to her, I put my arm around her, and I says, it's okay, sweetie, we'll we'll figure something out. And anyway, we won't take you through the whole story, but she did well. But we've got to be, sympathetic to our children. We've got to play with our children. I remember another time uh, I'd been down in my office and uh, Caleb had come to me, as he often does, and says, Daddy, are you going to play with me? <laughs> and it's like, okay. Uh, uh, so I go outside and it was winter time. We live in Montana. There was a bunch of snow. And so I just got the snow shovel there and started making this little track in the in the bank so that they could go down there on their sleds. And It took me, you know, 15, 20 minutes of digging, but I made this kind of luge run for them to go down, and they played in that for hours. Mm -hmm. It just takes uh, a little bit of time from mom and dad to create a positive atmosphere in the family.
0: And, And, you know, we're so used to the opposite of that. We are so accustomed to the negative that we don't even know it's happening, and... You know, I I portray it this way, that you can kind of get locked into this negative spiral, and you're just going down and down. And, you know, it seems like every interaction just builds off the last one, and you just can't get out. Have any of you been there before? I've been there many times. And it's taken being on my knees, saying, Lord, please help me to break out of this, to see what's happening. And, you know... I've found that when you start choosing to rise above the naturally negative things that want to come out, and you start saying those positive things, then when a negative thing does slip out, it's like, "Ooh, where did that come from? It seems out of the ordinary, because the ordinary has been this for so long. So I want to encourage you, if you find yourself in one of these every day, Don't be discouraged. You can, by God's grace, get out of it. It is possible. that,
1: That is the point of today's program. We're looking at the effects of affection. We want to encourage you as parents. This is the next step in our series of steps. Yesterday we, or not yesterday, but in the last program we were... Um, investigate in their world. Today we are challenging you to be more affectionate with your children. Create a sweet atmosphere. Just put your hand on the shoulder and say, sweetie, I like you. <laughs> and what I like to do to Hannah, and she's got past that now, but when she was littler, I like to ruffle her hair. I'd go or pull her ponytail or, you know, just something like that. You know, Caleb and I have had a great time where we live in Montana we, we get the snow and I'm not really very mechanical. My son Caleb is much more mechanical so I take him out and we, we've got to take the mower deck off of the tractor. It's just a little tractor. We've got to take the mower off and we've got to put the snow blower on the front and it's it's probably a two or three hour job and it's a hard job to do on your own. So the first time I did that with Caleb, it was like he was just bugging me. I mean Caleb, get me the 12-inch, the 12-millimeter the wrench. And he'd say, Daddy, I don't know which one it is. And I'd say, Caleb, can't you figure out the simplest of things? And, you know, we would work together. Caleb, pass me the hammer. Where is it? I don't know where it is. Just pass it me. This thing's heavy, as I was holding up another part of the snowblower. And afterwards, the Lord spoke to me and said, Paul, that isn't going to do any good. And so the, it was six months later when we had to take the snowblower off and put the mower deck back on, and I thought, this time... It's gonna be a sunny experience and with my son. <laughs> and so I, I determined beforehand and I got Caleb involved and said some of his things that he suggested were good ideas and they were. And you know, he just blossomed. We had a great time together. And ever since, whenever we work on the tractor, it's a very enjoyable time.
0: You know, I know it's really great you guys working together. Caleb's really getting an education too. You know, for the viewers at home. I know what can happen after a program like this. As soon as the TV's turned off, you start interactions and somebody says something negative now and instantly it's like, well, I just watched this program. I mean, what's the deal here? Forgiveness is a really big part of what we're talking about today. Forgiveness within parents to parents, forgiveness from parents to children. Because you know, children generally are very forgiving and they forget. And we need to be more like children. And you know, that reminds me,
1: Right. Can, whilst you're getting that, can I just interrupt you? The, so are you saying that parents need to, if they've wronged their children, to ask their children to forgive them? Is yes, that what you're saying? Yes, definitely. I thought that's what you just
0: makes saying. me think, you know my favourite poem is back in this book. It's called The Little Things. I want to share this with you at home, as the viewers at home. The Little Things. I ran into a stranger as he passed by. Oh, excuse me, please, was my reply. He said... Please excuse me, too. I wasn't watching for you. We were very positive, this stranger and I. We went on our way and we said goodbye. But at home, a different story is told. How we treat our loved ones, young and old. Later that day, cooking the evening meal, my son stood beside me very still. When I turned, I nearly knocked him down. Move out of the way, I said with a frown. He walked away, his little heart broken. I didn't realize how harshly I'd spoken. While I lay awake in bed, God's still, small voice came to me and said, While dealing with a stranger, common courtesy you use, but the children you love, you seem to abuse. Go and look on the kitchen floor. You'll find some flowers there by the door. Those are the flowers he bought for you. He picked them himself, pink, yellow and blue. He stood very quietly, not to spoil the surprise. You never saw the tears that filled his little eyes. By this time, I felt very small, and now my tears began to fall. I quietly went and knelt by his bed. Wake up! Wake up, son! Wake up! I said. Are these the flowers you pick for me? He smiled. I found em out by the tree. I picked them because they're pretty like you. I knew you'd like em, especially the blue. I said, Son, I'm very sorry for the way I acted today. I shouldn't have yelled at you that way. He said, Oh, Mum, that's okay. I love you anyway. I said, Son, I love you too, and I do like the flowers, especially the blue." It's pretty hard to read, (laughs) even (laughs) though I've read it many times before. And it may be doing for you what it did for me. The first time I read it, probably six, seven years ago, and my son was very much smaller then, brought tears to my eyes. Friends, we've been there, haven't we? We've broken the hearts of our children. Our own hearts are broken in the process. But forgiveness, there is forgiveness with the Lord for one another and for us and our children.
1: It's hard sometimes to comprehend what we do to the internal feelings of our children when we do not show them the affection and the kindness and the tenderness and the forgiveness that we are supposed to be demonstrating to them as their mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So, viewers, if you have found yourself somewhere in that poem, somewhere in this program, we want to encourage you that now is the time to pick up and be more affectionate, either physically affectionate with hugs or ruffling the hair or, you know, whatever, or going outside and playing with the children for a little while. But we want to encourage you as parents, you need to be affectionate. We, Paul and Carolyn, need to be affectionate to our children. Why don't you join us after the break, and we're going to go very specifically into our Step Forward Challenge.
0: Anything worth doing takes time and perseverance, including parenting. In their book, The Connected Family, Paul and Carolyn Rain offer a practical 26-step program designed to help parents make their children a priority and teach them the tools for Christian living. You can get your copy of The Connected Family for a suggested donation of $15 postpaid in the U.S. Call 3ABN at 618-627-4651 during regular business hours or go to our e-store
1: at 3ABN.org.
0: Our challenge for you today is something very simple, to be actively seeking to be kind and affectionate to your children. You know, you may say, well, that comes naturally. Well, we all know from our history going back and looking to today that it doesn't happen without a determination to do so. So be praying that the Lord will remind you to be seeking to be that way with your children. And then simply, where you need to do this, go and ask forgiveness of your children
1: we wanted to close this program with a word of prayer. Um, It's a simple challenge, it builds, it's another step in the direction that we're going. So add to your observations, affection. That's what Carolyn was making very clear there. We're gonna pray because this is harder than it seems. Let's pray, Carolyn.
0: Father in heaven, We ask that you would help us to break past what is our natural natures, that we would not be the humans that we have been all these years, but that we would start to seek to be kind and affectionate to our children actively, determinedly. And Father, we ask that if there is anything we need to be forgiven for, that you would forgive us right now, and that we would have the courage to go to our children and seek for their forgiveness as we so often want them to do to us. Father, we thank you for your great love to each one of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. You know, in certain situations, we are going to get a funny response from our children. If we have not been used to showing them affection, and all of a sudden we we are, they're going to be thinking, so what's the deal? What's up with mom and dad? So be aware of that. Just ignore it if there's anything like that. You want you to join us in the next program, which is discovering their dreams. It's going to be another step in our process.